What is up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada athletics, episode 160. I am your host, Matt Hennepin. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Burrows. Isaiah, what's going on, man? Feeling good. Coming off a bye in the podcast terms. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, we all have scheduling conflicts. We did not record last week. This is our first time recording in a couple of weeks. A little bit different. So we have a lot um, of football and um, now men's basketball coming around the corner to get to. Um, first, let's start with football. We got the cannon back. Or we didn't. Well, we've we, already done we, that. Yeah, we, yeah, we retain the cannon. We keeps it um, blue. It will, the cannon will remain blue um, for another year. Um, Nevada beat UNLV last Friday, 51 to 20. Um, it really wasn't that close at all um, during the game. I mean, really, from the jump, from the opening kickoff to the 44 yard flea flicker to um, Nevada's, I think, 5 6 play drive. Um, to Cole Turner's four-yard back, sh- uh, uh, back shoulder fade touchdown, um, to the two pick sixes, to the five sacks, to, to really everything that happened throughout that game. That game just wasn't really close to the start. Um, Nevada had control really the entire way. I think they left points up on the board too. Like they, had, they scored 51 and they had that one drive. I think it was the third drive or fourth drive of the game where they had six goal-to-go tries and they just couldn't um, convert because uh, they they were gifted the unnecessary roughness uh, penalty on third and goal, and then or it was third and goal from the one yard line, unnecessary roughness. Um, Nevada, it's the shortest half to the distance move ever, um, and then Nevada still like can't get in the end zone. They get the false start um, on third and goal, and they're just not able to get in, and eventually have to settle for a field goal. But nevertheless. Nevada still won by 31 against the team down south. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming off that loss to Fresno State, you just kind of like needed a butt whooping to our brothers down, not brothers, enemies down south. They're they're the little bro. It makes it really makes it feel that way, and we just pummeled them. It's kind of crazy we left points on the board too, considering how many we dropped in the first place. But you know, just I think it was a win. Ultimately, you know, you talk about the cannon and the in-state rivalry and everything like that. But just getting this win, coming off the loss, just keeping our foot on the gas pedal, not you know playing down to our competition because that's what UNLV is right now. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Not playing down to that whatsoever and taking control of the game from the opening kickoff was something that really impressed me. And, you know, we're getting to the nitty-gritty of the year right now. Games are getting close. It's getting tied. Every win matters. And just really happy to see Nevada perform well on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and you would think coming off a short week that that they needed to like get this because I mean Carson talked about it a little bit in post game like the the loss against Fresno State like kind of wore on him a little bit like throughout the week and he was just like all right it's Thursday now like I gotta have a good day at practice I gotta keep chugging along like we have to get this win um, especially since it's as Chris Salt has said before it's like their first championship you you regardless if whether it technically is or not which it's not but like this is the first champ like you want the fremont cannon and you want to have that sort of pride and uh what's the word i'm looking like pride and like you want to bragging rights that's like you want those type of you want the bragging rights um against unlv especially since two of the last three years not last year but they took the cannon back and, I mean, Nevada did get the pretty convincing win last year, too, but this year was really from the jump. 
Um, it wasn't really that close at all. And um, Turner's seven catches for 63 yards and two touchdowns. He just keep, he just keeps adding to his resume. Um, he's had he has eight touchdowns on the year. Um, he and Dubs have are tied for team high 49 receptions. Melquan Stovall nine catches for 90 yards. He keeps having he keeps just adding on to his career year. Lockhart had a touch or no it was Horton had a touchdown. Um, I think Dubs had a touchdown there too. So it's like there there was a lot of just really good quality performances. I mean we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Strong is having another. I don't want to spoil what we're about to say, but like he's having another like break, not breakout year, but he's having just as good as a lot year as he did last year. And it's kind of like getting pushed under the rug a little bit. No one's really talking about that. Cause I mean, it's not as, I guess what the, we've seen this year, what wasn't as like visually appealing for lack of better word as it was last year. Cause the last year it was a lot of like, all right, I'm going to throw it as far as I can. 50 yard bombs, touchdowns all over the place and this year it's a little bit more like taking what the defense gives you and like playing a little bit underneath in the short and um, medium uh, yards game and it's be and it's been more efficient for Carson but I mean he threw he we'll talk about the Fresno State game like he had 476 yards that was a career high um, he had 49 completions for or he had 49 completions on 61 attempts he just had a he had a remarkable game I mean Romeo Dubs tied the school record for 19 catches for 203 yards and a touchdown. And, like, he almost had 20 if it wasn't for him getting pushed out of bounds on that two-point conversion. Like, he, he was literally one foot away for beating the school record in what would have tied the game, which would have forced overtime, which he could have potentially piled onto that. But that was a gut-wrenching loss. And you're right that it was really impressive just 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 to see on a, on a short week them come out with that type of fire and that type of aggression against their um their longtime rival oh yeah i mean what carson strong's doing what he's done these past two weeks is nothing short of excellent um especially that game against fresno state literally almost all him especially i mean mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the football it was you knew what was coming and they still couldn't stop it it was just an unbelievable performance and it's really been the theme this year. It really has. I mean, I mean, I really think we've been a little bit more balanced in a way, especially with such a playmaking defense. Maybe that's why well, Strong's. I, well, we've been, we haven't been able to run the ball this year, which hasn't been good. I mean, we haven't. Our run game has been terrible. We've had, we had the second lowest rate in the entire nation against FBS teams where we've like our percentage of yards. We, I think it was like 14%, 15%. We've only gotten 15% of our yards um, in the run game this year, which is the second lowest amongst FBS teams. But that only counts against FBS competition. I mean, we know we saw um, how productive we were against Idaho State, but that um, is against an FCS opponent. Now it's really one of the most productive games that we've had all year. I mean, we just haven't been super productive on the ground. I mean, um, I think Toa is averaging nearly five yards to carry. So, I mean, he's still, he's still producing, but like in over in like overall, like Nevada just hasn't been able to get to generate much of a run game for most of this year. Last year, it was much better and much more efficient from both Tala and Lee. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that emphasis has been on strong and, you know, I just, it's been crazy these past couple of games. I know we, we've always kind of seen it, especially, Dating back to last year. You have year. to appreciate this. You have to appreciate it. You know, it's good chance at this point he's going to be drafted. Don't know where at this point, but what 
this team is and what Strong has been able to do these past couple of weeks is nothing short of spectacular. It's you know, it's it's awesome. And, and that uh, Fresno State loss can loom large. And, oh yes, it can. I mean, tiebreakers and set. Yeah, they're and both like it. they're both tied right now in the conference or in the West Division at three and one. Or no, Fresno State's four and one. Nevada's three and one. I mean, obviously, since it's the head-to-head tiebreaker, I mean, Fresno State gets that tiebreaker. Nevada would have to beat. Um, but also in that stretch, Nevada has to beat San Jose State, um, who, well, I mean, we got this week. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, they're 3-2 and two in conference. San Diego State's 3-1 um, and one tied with us. Air Force and Colorado State, two tough opponents in the, uh, in the Mountain Division. But um, mostly Air Force is the toughest of that, like, ladder, ladder duo. But... Still, like Nevada, still has to go through like a pretty big gauntlet um, of opponents. Who does Fresno State play? And their first week, they play Boise State. Well, I'm just saying, like, who do they play the rest? Of the oh, season? the rest of the season, I got you. Looking at the total view of their schedule, I know it really comes down to that Boise State game they play this week. So they finish off the season with Boise State, New Mexico, and San Jose State. Goes at home, on the road. On the road. So, I'm sorry, at home, at home, on the road. Mm-hmm. My apologies. So, you know, looking at it from three weeks out right now, you're really crossing your fingers at Boise State. It's pulls off be Boise upset. State or San Jose State, one of the two. One I of mean, the two. It's, it's, maybe, we've may, seen maybe San Jose State, State gets Starkle back. Maybe. But we've seen San Jose State crumble at times. But the way they're finishing the year right now is really impressive. It just needs to happen. You know, if we want to have a chance at the division, the potential Mountain West championship appearance needs to happen. Yeah, if they don't make it this year. I know. Let's not even talk about it. it, What what year are they going to do it? Let's not even talk about it. Just with that, I'm just, let's get rid of the bad vibes. Um, But anyways... Gotta win out. Man. Gotta win out. I don't know, man. That Fresno State game was such a heart. Like you could see it on Carson's face. Like he was, he was so upset and so mad because it was just like, man. Like he had he had the ninety yard drive or ninety one yard drive in the final um, fifty two set or like I think it was fifty three seconds of the game. Um, he got down there in fifty one, so he drove ninety yards all through the air. Um, he had a couple like chunk passes to Dubs and Turner, like as, as per usual. And just to not get that two-point conversion because, I mean, it also did look like Dubs got – that was pretty, like, blatant P.I. because um, the corner's head wasn't turned. He was, like, essentially, like, making contact and pushing Dubs out of bounds like while Dubs was in midair before he caught the ball. But it wasn't called. And I guess you wish it would be called in that moment if you're Nevada, but still. And it also doesn't help that Nevada did go for two-point conversion earlier in the game and missed it, so – um, if Nevada would have converted on that two-point conversion, Nevada just would have had that the extra point to win it. Um, but that again just wasn't the case. Um, yeah, Nevada's defense wasn't really that good in the second half, anyways. So I mean, that's another like you kind of look back at it and just be like, all right, what happened? Um, Nevada's defense, like I think on like the first four, three or four drives, they only forced one third down, which is absurd. It's um, crazy. Fresno State was just driving right down the field. Now was without their starting running back, Ronnie Rivers, who had that 64-yard touchdown in the first quarter, but got hurt. Um, and Jordan Mims, who I think started a few years ago for Fresno State, um, didn't or he he had a he had a like productive game out of the backfield. Um, 
might be in contention for the best backup running back in the Mountain West. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was still like a disheartening performance. Um, I know we're jumping back and forth here between games. I mean, we're re essentially recapping two games here, but uh, hey, you 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 need those. And if that if that goes down as the one loss Nevada has in conference play this year, and they don't get the Mountain West Championship game because of that, that's gonna be, burns. That's gonna burn. That hurts seriously, and uh, it sucks that it may come down to that. But you know, we've seen crazier things happen. Speaking of crazier things that happen, Nevada's going to be entering the, I guess, the revenge game this week, this weekend against San Jose State um, at home after last year's third quarter debacle where Nevada had, where Nevada allowed 20 points um, in the third quarter, 23 unanswered in the second half. Nevada was up 27. They lost 30 to 20. Um, hopefully this year's different. <laughs> Let's hope. I really think it will be. <laughs> That was another like you want to talk about. Speaking of yeah, speaking of heartbreaking losses, just pull up last year's San Jose State game highlights. Talk about a chance to that was wanted to make the championship. Yeah, but you know, I really think just based upon where we are right now, I'm not trying to say backs against the wall, but in a way, it's a must-win game for both teams. It's got to be really think about it because yeah. I mean, one yeah. team's three and two, three and three essentially eliminates them and. Um, Nevada with the tiebreaker situation and everything. If they fall to three and two, and San Jose State leaps them, um, Fresno State, Fresno State would probably like would still maintain its status. And uh, San Diego State, I mean, they're probably going to win at San Diego State. I don't know who they're facing, but um, it, it, Nevada can't really lose. And as we just talked about, Nevada really can't lose another game if they want to keep their title hopes alive um, this year, unless if like. Because I mean, it's unlike—it's possible, it's possible, but it's unlikely that a two-team, two-loss team makes it. Again, crazy stuff would have to happen, so it's not really all that likely. Um, but it is possible. Yeah, I mean, considering we have four weeks left in the season, it's just getting to that point in the year. I mm -hmm. really think you're going to get everyone's best effort for the teams that ultimately remain in it. And yeah, this is one. Kind of sounds crazy, but you have to circle and just focus on this one right now. And mm -hmm. it's you just can't overlook SJSU. No, you can't. I mean, you can't at all. Starkle's hurt, which is a big plus. I hate saying it like we're not trying to promote. It's just a huge plus for it, it's, Nevada. It helps. Let's let's phrase it better. Yeah, we can phrase that better. It's to our advantage. That's even worse. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. It's optimal for Nevada. There we go. Nevada has a higher chance of winning. Thank you. Yeah, it's optimal. Um, three of the last four weeks, San Jose State's been in like really close games, which is like, ooh. they had a double overtime game. I think against like Wyoming, like, they only scored Wyoming points. They lost. Mm -hmm. um, they barely beat Vegas. Uh, they, I mean, that's just not like, and I mean, Nick Nash is their quarterback. I guess say what you want about Nick Nash and his arm, but like, dude can. He very can good, move. Very good dual threat quarterback. Um, he's had 100 plus yards over the last two weeks, and with Starkle like hurt, Nevada's going to have to try to find a way to contain that because, um, in theory, that's going to slow down their pass rush a little bit. Nevada's pass rush they lead the nation in sacks with 56, or not? They lead the nation in sacks with 33. I don't know where 56. I was going to say wow. The 56 number came from. Holy I, holy. I listen. I hope that's what we yeah. end the year with. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That'd be an absurd 
seven, eight sacks a game. Yeah. But, I mean, I just think that's an element that has really played in our favor and his playmaking defense. I think it'll show up against SJSU this week. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, they've played some close games against some lower-tier competition, SJSU I'm talking about. Um, I just think facing the talent of Nevada and how well they're playing and how badly they need it as well. Mm-hmm. I I bet you can see where I'm going with this, but I think Nevada ultimately takes this one. How do you think Strong does? Do you think Strong has the third straight 400-yard performance? I wouldn't go that far, but I'm thinking somewhere along the lines of 315 to 330 and three touchdowns. I mean, he's just been on a roll right now. It's... That kind of seems like his baseline based off the last two weeks, which is crazy, but, you know, it is what, what it is. What, 400 or 315? 315's like his baseline, like, you know, over like the minimum, Like the minimum the m- he'll get. Minimum. His worst performance he'll get 315. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Strong for a bit. We're, 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 we're diverging a lot this podcast. It's okay. Um, but let's talk about Strong for a little bit. Last year in eight regular season games, 2,587 yards, 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, completed 69.4% of his passes with a 155.6 pass rating. That was in eight regular season games. That was all against conference competition. For perspective, this year, through eight games, 2,883 yards, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions, 71.3% completion percentage, and 159.0 pass efficiency rating. He leads the conference in yards per game with 360 in touchdowns, um, he also leads in completion percentage, and I think pass pass efficiency pass efficiency rating or just pass rating, whatever you want to call it. Um, he leads in four in those four statistical categories, um, surpassing Hayner, who's played one more game than he has. Um, I think Hayner has like like a smidge more passing yards um, than Strong does in total, but. Uh, I think kind of Strong's flipped the script a little bit because of these last few weeks um, against lesser competition. He's kind of put himself into that potential Mountain West player, the offensive player, the year front runner. Um, I guess it's it's between if you want to compare the competition, maybe that's something that you take into account when you look at these like final statistical counting stats, um, which would make sense, but. If you want to just go off based off the stats, you just look at the stats on the surface. Strong is the front runner. Um, there's might there might be other variables that you uh, factor into it: talent, um, injuries to other players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, as you should, as you should. But right now, Strong is like making that case to be um, the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year for the second year in a row, and he is by statistically by these stats that we just mentioned. Not super arbitrary, but he's having a better year. And that's the crazy Through part. eight games. Because you remember, the 2020 campaign he had last year was absurd. Yep. It's an it absurd was... pace. We did the podcast where we strung it out <laughs> over a regular season such as this one, and it was absurd. And not only has he replicated that, he's added on to it. He's done even better. And you can argue even this year against harder competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year a lot of advantages played into... Nevada's hand a lot of their games were in the state of Nevada one way Mm -hmm. or another due to COVID and you know that was just a lot of taking advantage of what the environment was at this time now he's had to go on the road and perform well and play in some hostile environments that's not going to change obviously throughout these next course of the next few weeks but 
He's answered the call. You know, the expectation going into this, just how much buzz he was going in as a potential NFL draft prospect, uh, in a lot of cases, it's only grown. You know, you've only seen better throws on tape and everything about a NFL-type arm. It's there. It's present. It's been there the last two years. And just what he's been able to do this whole year in these past couple of weeks is nothing short of spectacular. And like, he's doing it without a run game. Yep. As we talked about. I mean, like you said, we should cherish this because this isn't... This isn't normal. This is not normal. As we said, this is I mean, just not... This, this is, is not Kaepernick-type stuff. This is... I mean, even even with the core that Nevada has, you, know, you could argue there are three guys who could legitimately be drafted this year, potentially, with Dubs, Strong, and Cole Turner. Think about that. It's pretty crazy. That's 2010-type stuff. Not to the level. Well, I mean, but uh, it's just Nichols. It's just is potential. He, Maybe. T-Nix. Yeah, is he doing it? Is Dom, despite Dom. being a little bit undersized, I guess, for a prototypical lineman, is he going to be a potential draftee? Is Sam Hammond going to be a potential draft? Is Diane Henley, who's having himself a career year, 65 tackles, leads the team four interceptions, um, a mm. couple tackles for losses, is he going to be in what? that conversation? Nevada has much more than – they might have, I don't think it, at the end of the day – Nevada will have more than the three that you just mentioned, or just three. If in that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, if that. But like, there's there's potential conversations for multiple guys. Yeah, it's just we haven't had this in so long. You, know, you just right. have to really cherish it, and you know, I it'd be great to just cap this off. And obviously, we're going to be playing in the postseason. But I'm just talking about what this means for the conference standings right now. Just capitalizing on what's been another tremendous year by Carson Strong and. Yeah, so yeah, just nothing short of spectacular what he's doing right now. I mean, it's almost like you know it's coming and you still can't stop it. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. And really, it's a lot. And, you know, I think the race between Hayner and Strong right now is real. It's going to come mm-hmm. down to how both of them finish the year and, you know, ultimately where Fresno State ends up and where Nevada ends up for that matter, too. You know, it can, can really come down to that. So, just something obviously we'll have our eyes glued to it, but something to really look forward to and ultimately cherish yeah it's going to be it's going to be a week-to-week conversation now strong with the last couple of weeks going up against new mexico state hawaii um and now unlv like he's going to be going up against better defenses with san jose state um air force san diego state um and colorado state those are four like above average offenses or defenses i mean um and so it's going to be it's, it's going to be more of a test than him putting up I mean, Fresno State's a good defense too, and he put up four seventy six. But so we've seen strong answer the call, answer the call, and be capable of putting together these yeah. good performances. But um, it's stringing them over like a consistent basis. I mean, we know he's capable of doing it. It's just a question of whether he actually does it. Definitely, um, no, no. The talent is always evident. Right. It's just it's just a matter of game script and having the ball in your hands as many times, and you know sometimes you could bleed clock and everything like that. And, not have as many opportunities to strike. Yeah, and like I think it was I can't remember who talked about it. It might have been Carson in the post game. Like Carson was just like, yeah, like if we like we want the ball like right away. It's just I mean, and Norvell has talked about plenty of times about wanting to start fast. And in post game, Carson was just like, yeah, like every time we win toss, like we want the ball. Like, and that might continue, but he's like we like we want to start fast. And obviously, we saw last week after two really kind of rough first quarters in a row between New Mexico State and Hawaii, um, Nevada started fast. Nevada started strong, no pun intended. We, like, it's, 
uh, you're right. Like we have to be efficient. I mean, last week we didn't punt. We had I can't remember how many drives we had. I want to say close to ten, not counting the the the, the last drive of the halves. And Nevada didn't punt at all. I mean, they had multiple touchdowns. Paulton had three field goals, I believe, one from 52, second longest of his career. And so, like, Nevada's the offense has been very efficient. It's just a matter of doing that against better competition. Yeah, and one thing, you know, I know we'll probably talk about, we'll talk about it more in length as the NFL draft comes along, but I think one thing you and I can obviously say that maybe a lot of people haven't seen yet is just the leadership from Carson Strong. Yeah. You see it on tape, the um, the arm strength and everything about him being a prototypical NFL passer is there, obviously, but just from our experience being around him, uh, he has every leadership trait in the book. I haven't once heard him, he could throw for 458 yards and six touchdowns, and I, I haven't once heard him say, you know, I played a good game, I did this. It's always a we and most of the time, he's always so hard on himself. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get a good quote out of him because, you know, he's just he just holds himself to such a high standard. He always talks about the mistakes and the points left off the field. And obviously, that's a type of guy you want to have in your locker room. And I, I'll say this from experience. he He's been like this since the time he got his starting gig. Two, what was it, three years ago now? Yeah, well, three years ago. Year. Freshman year. Redshirt freshman Redshirt, year. Redshirt. After the injury to Christian Solano, I mean, he stepped into that, and he was—he had that same type of demeanor and that same type of mindset. So, that stuff, wherever he goes at the next level, I really think that's going to translate, and that speaks volumes to his character and his overall makeup. What is your prediction for San Jose State? I'm going to go 33. Yeah, odd number. No, 34. Even number. Yep, 34 to 24. 34-24? So. Okay, let's say that it gets to 10. Are you picking Nevada to cover? Yeah. No, I just think well, okay, backs well, against the wall, we points, need this. So yeah, Talent's going to yeah. win out. I think this is just going to be a pretty uh, controlled performance. Your bet's going to push. If it you is. That. Um, push. I have 37-20. Love it. I just think Nevada is – I think I, I think Nevada circled this game on this calendar – very early, I think they know they have enough talent. I think they, I think they see, they smell blood in the water. Um, attack like a shark. Yeah, they're they're gonna attack like sharks. Um, per my prediction. Love it. How about we dribble into Nevada basketball? I can't believe you just said that. Let's take. We're taking a <laughs> take a break. Take a break after that one. <laughs> and we're gonna. Uh, We're going to talk some Nevada basketball and kind of do a mini preview of the season. And we are back, um, Nevada basketball. They had their first and only scrimmage of the year on Monday. Um, Also, it was a pretty cool environment to go to. Um, They beat Dominican uh, 90-55. Nevada didn't have – I mean, it's a scrimmage, so I mean, you really can only take it for what it's worth. I mean – Sheffield had 19 and 7. Um, Cambridge had 15 points with three threes. Brahma had 15 points. Um, Will Baker had 12 points. Yet I think nine of those came in the second half. Uh, so I mean, Nevada had some encouraging performances. I mean, you're really in these games. You're really just testing stuff out just to see if it works. I mean, Nevada, as you and I predicted, I believe on the last pod or two pods ago, we like kind of formulated our starting lineup. 
the season and kind of like what we think is going to happen. And both you and I came to the conclusion pretty quickly that initially to start, it would be uh, Sherfield, Cambridge, Coleman, Baker, and um, Washington, just based off of uh, what we saw, or at least what I saw in the in that one open practice that they had um, and how Baker was getting first team reps. And I really do think that Washington and Baker do like complement each other a little bit. One spaces the floor, one plays down low. I mean, they both can play in the post, but like that Warren doesn't really shoot outside of 10 feet. <laughs> I mean, he has, but he doesn't hardly ever does it. Um, and Baker's more of a floor spacer and could provide um, the playmaking that Nevada can use at the high post um, if it needs to. I mean, Dominican did run a 2 3 zone, so um, there was a lot of high low. Um, where either Baker or um, Warren would flash in the middle. Um, Dominican was doing a pretty good job, at least at the beginning of the game, to like make sure to keep Nevada out of the paint as much as possible. There was like, as soon as they would touch the paint, there would just be five bodies swarming them. And um, it was a lot of contact, a lot of fouls. Um, unfortunately for Nevada, they could not make a free throw to save their life. I think they went like 6 of 17 in the first half, something ridiculous like that. Again, it's a scrimmage. Um, first, first really game action that they've had um, that's not going to happen during the season like come on um, that's just it's it's really not they're going to shoot better from the free throw line like I don't think that's something to really be worried about that much it was just still like pretty like staggering they finished 24 for 39 I mean they got to the line um, a lot in the second half but it was still like a really rough start um, from the cherry strife but I mean, I mean, they were just testing stuff out. Nothing. Nothing serious. Nothing super serious. No, I mean, by the end, by with like eight minutes left or something like that. No, I don't think it was eight minutes. I mean, probably, more, probably more like five, six minutes left in the game. The starters were out. Alford was testing lineups with uh, with Foster, and um, Keenan was the main guy with uh, like Henry, um, Alem. Like Nick Davidson, yeah, yeah. Lem on the field. Like it was just yeah. more of more the more the young just yeah testing the young guys, just seeing what they got. Um, at the beginning of the game, though, it was it was interesting to see how Brahma fit in with some of these lineups. Um, again, it's college bad. I think I watched too much NBA to um, say the spacing was like good or bad because college spacing is just inherently worse. It feels like, or at least it looks like. Um, but, I mean, Brahma, like, was the blocks a lot. He was, like, flash in middle, so he was kind of, like, doing that high-low. It was fun seeing him run the floor. Um, and uh, Sherfield threw at least, like, four or five lops to him. And so he was definitely um, a vertical spacer, and that could also space out the offense um, just in general because um, it pinches the defense and it creates open uh kick out opportunities to different shooters but i think that's gonna we're gonna be seeing that a lot this season there was one where Sherfield hit like a hit ahead pass to uh brahma for like a dunk and it's just like those those things like that nevada really didn't have last year and i think it's going to be further incorporated this year i don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of it but i definitely know we're going to see more of it especially when brahma's on the floor um that's kind of i don't know how often brahma's going to be up on the floor i'm guessing probably like 20 25 minutes a game maybe um, but with him coming off the bench, at least initially, we really don't know. I do think he's one of Nevada's five, six best players. Um, he's flashed a mid-range jumper a little bit. I don't think he used that much, though. 
in this last game, but because he was just getting a, he was just getting a lot of like he would just sit at the dunker spot and just get a lot of lobs and um, a lot of like passes at the rim and he and we can see the effect that he has on the rebounding already. I mean, there was one possession where he grabbed a left-handed rebound, dribbled up the court, coast to coast, passed it out. I think to like Cambridge or something like that. Cambridge shot it. Um, it missed and Brahma secured the offensive rebound and drew a foul. It was just like just a really good 30 seconds of sequence for Brahma. We can see the impact that he has um, on the glass. It's it's an upgrade. It's an element that Nevada like hasn't seen at the four spot since Caroline. Um, and I think that could be really important when one of Washington or Baker are off the floor, if that's the case. Um, maybe when both of them are off the floor and Himes isn't or something like that. Like just Nevada, it gives Nevada more, it, it gives Nevada a rebounding edge um, with additional athleticism and without the size that Nevada would have on the floor if Baker or Washington were both on the floor. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes me so excited about this year's our front court depth and the mix of talent we can all bring in on the floor at one time. Brahma. Baker, Washington, each of them have some sort of special capability and something that can really blend and work well with the rest of the squad. And just seeing what Brahma's doing right now on both ends, bringing that energy even early on before games have even started is something that's really eye-opening. We've heard a lot about him, and I'm really looking forward to see how this kind of friend court and their talent really translates over the course of the year. And it's about to get started. One thing that also stood out to me was defensively at the guard spot. I mean, we've, we've seen what Cambridge, um, him being a high-motor, high-energy defender, and then Sugarfield kind of like picking his spots to get steals a little bit. I mean, he's a little bit smaller than um, the other guys, but he's still like feisty in what he and how he plays defensively. But um, I'm just going to keep going back to him. Keenan Blackshear's really impressive defensively, man. Like, he st- he no one was getting by him. Um, I don't think he had – I can't remember him fouling a whole lot. Actually, no, he did have four fouls. Never mind. Check that. But he, he still looked good, like, just moving laterally. Like, he's lengthy. He's 6'6", and it looks like he had, looks like he just swarms dude, puts, like, a, like, like meanest fly traps for arms. Um, he can't he, – he's just a really he, – he's just looked like a really sound defender, albeit against lesser competition, but it's going to be different throughout the year. But, like, he averaged one and a half steals when he was at uh, Florida Atlantic a year ago. Um, I think the trio of Cambridge, Sherfield, and Blackshear, um, especially in since, especially when like they come off the bench initially to begin a game, the 16-minute mark or 15-minute mark or whenever Alfred decides to put in his first subs for with Brahma and Blackshear, I think that just can be a really strong unit um, defensively, and I think that's that could be really important because Alfred's harped on like improving defensively, and I think that trio specifically. Um, maybe not that trio, like maybe just like just Blackshear in general when he's on the floor, he creates that additional defensive like impact that Nevada could have when like Coleman gets subbed off the floor. Um, whether it's for Blackshear or who whomever. Um Nevada has one very good wing defender, just one very good on ball defender um at the floor at all times. I mean, of course, again, Cambridge is that same way too, but Nevada, I guess I best I guess a better way of phrasing it is Nevada another like you're not losing anything when you sub Coleman out. Yeah, I think that that's, makes sense if it's for Blackshear. That's the coolest part is bringing that defensive mentality and at any point in the game. 
Yeah. I really hope. Because that's one of the things, I know we talk about the offensive capabilities this team has, but the amount of length and the amount of energy this team can bring on the defensive end is something that really I want to kind of see early on. And it seems like Blackshear's doing that and then some in so many ways and just being that type of spark plug to come off the bench and bring that type of energy defensively from the backcourt. It's what we need. And, and they can switch with that. That's what like I was they, just they about to say. Like they could, Imagine the switching capabilities. There's more, there's more switching um, yeah, there, right. There is more switching capabilities, especially if you have Sheerfield, Cambridge, uh, Blackshear, and Brahma on the floor at the same time. That's a lot of that's a lot of switching that you can. That's do. a lot of athleticism. I mean, um, I can't sleep on that. I tweeted from the pack. I don't think Alford's going to do this because I just don't know if if Alford like would want to. Maybe he would experiment with, experiment experiment. Wow, I'm fumbling words. Experiment with it at one point. Um, whether it's like, oh yeah, we're up 14. Let's experiment. Like, what if they went? Shearfield, Cambridge, Coleman, Blackshear, and Brahma. Who the just, small ball? Just a super small ball. Like let's go. Like we're running up the floor. We're running and gunning a little bit. Um, again, Brahma. That's that's another lineup where like Brahma just adds that energy rebound. I mean, it would have to be up against like a smaller lineup, like in the opposition. Um, but I still think it could work. Like it could work. I, I just want to see it. I want to see it. Um, I don't know if Alford didn't use it. I think he's going to have one of Himes, uh, Baker, Washington, Baker, Washington on the floor at all times. I just think that's yeah. how it's going to work throughout the year. And if when it's not, it's probably going to be like DeAndre Henry or something. Like that. I, mean, I mean, DeAndre Henry, I think six nine, six ten, something like that. So um, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but I still think he like if if one of those three aren't, then it's probably him manning the five spot. Um, but I just I I don't know. I want to see it. That sounds like fun. Just on does paper, fun. doesn't that sound like a lot of fun, a lot of potential, just seeing what it's capable of? Yeah, and I don't think the spacing would be terrible. Like, um, I mean, we Blackshear really wasn't aggressive offensively in terms of his shot. Um, he was more of, like, getting his on-ball reps as a point guard, as you and I talked about uh, last podcast um, when he was on the floor. And, but I think, like... And so that, that would kind of ruin it a little bit. But, like, Coleman's not the worst catch-and-shoot shooter in the world. We've seen what Sherfield and Cambridge are offensively. So, that, in theory, that's three capable uh, shooters slash scorers um, with Blackshear and then Brahma on the floor. I don't know. I, I think it could work. I think it would have to go against the right team in the right situation. But if, like, all for – like, let's say there's a situation where it's like, all right um, – or Nevada's up 12 with, like, I don't know, eight minutes left in the second half. Washington has four fouls. Baker has four. Um, Himes has three. Like, just, like, where, like, they're in, like, foul trouble or something. And if it's like, all right, I have to find a way to, like, like, I have to, I have to put five guys on the floor that are going to compete and that are going to defend, um, that, w- that are going to rebound, that are going to space the floor and it, not use the three guys that I rely on most for size um, because of their, their in foul trouble. Like, I just think that's, in, like, I that's I workshop that in my head on the fly, but that's like an ideal situation where like Alfred could opt to those small ball stuff. I like it. I like it. It's it's enticing to say the least. It is. It is. Um Nevada will open up its first game against Eastern Washington. I think Eastern Washington, when I looked at it, they're like two fifty in Ken Palm. Like they're, oh. they're they're pretty low. Nevada will start at home um for their first two games against Eastern Washington and San Diego next Friday, which we'll talk about then. Um, prediction. 
I think it's going to be. I'm not. I'm not pretty, giving you. I'm not giving you a preview. We're pretty just going straight into prediction. Big darn rollout. Seventy four fifty eight. Seventy four fifty eight. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm taking a pretty hefty double digit win to start the year. What do you think? Unofficial prediction: seventy seven sixty. I like it. I like it. Um, I just uh, on the fly didn't even prepare that. Um, one set, one more little thing we're going to talk about before we go. I I didn't. Uh, talk about this with Isaiah at all because I thought it would be um, a fun little conversation especially since I'm locked into it so much we're going to do the Caleb Martin report oh boy oh boy (laughs) we're going to do we're going to do the Caleb Martin report I mean do you want to do both Martins yeah why not um (laughs) yeah we're going to we're going to do the Martin report um because they're both getting considerable playing time in the NBA now so I mean I think it's I like it fair to talk about um their success uh so So yeah, no, yeah, we're gonna do. So let's start with uh, Cody Martin because I think Cody Martin's been playing uh, better. He's been playing more often um, than his twin brother Caleb. If you don't know, Cody Martin is playing for the Charlotte Hornets right now. He's played in all nine games this season. He's getting twenty five minutes a game. Isaiah, that's awesome. Um, well deserved. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's playing behind Miles Bridges, who's broken out this year. PJ Washington, um, and he's averaging nine points a game. He's actually been like efficient shooting the ball um he's shooting 47 percent from the floor 47 percent from beyond the arc um he had 15 against who i'm going to talk about a little bit miami heat my favorite team um he had 15 a season high 15 um a couple no it was actually i think it was yeah it was last friday um on espn when miami uh thoroughly beat them by 15 um miami's thoroughly beaten everyone but we we're not going to get into that level of conversation. Um, but anyways, uh, Cody's had a productive season. He's averaging five boards a game, averaging a steal a game, uh, two and a half assists. So, I mean, he's had, like, a productive year, man. Like, I, it's been really, like, cool to see um, his growth as a player, I think, because when he came out of Nevada, he wasn't necessarily known as the shooter. Um, that was more towards Caleb. He was more of the playmaker slash defender. Um, and it's been really cool to see his development, and I think he's been the better twin um, Yeah. so far, this oh, yeah. year, at least this year. Yeah, yeah, and career-wise, I mean, it's really cool, like you said, him carving out a role for himself, and I know him and Caleb ultimately went different passes we'll get into, but seeing them both get some sort of time in the NBA is always awesome because the impact they had here on campus is immeasurable in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, and then... Uh, let's see. We're, we're going to get into the Caleb Martin report. So to give you a little bit of background on why Caleb's gotten 26, he got 26 minutes on Saturday, um, against Memphis. Um, and then he got 17 the other night against Dallas. Um, the heat played tonight against Boston on yes, or on TNT. So if you guys want to tune into that and see Caleb get some run free um, ad. Yeah. Free ad. <laughs> no free ads. Uh, but we're, I say no free ads and then we promote something always. Um, but he, so give you, to give you a little bit of background initially to start the year, Caleb signed, of course, signed the two way deal with Miami. Um, he was, he got some considerable preseason run. He looked pretty good. He had some really, um, good flashes, um, two way, two way potential. Um, he's had a couple of really nice, he had a couple of really nice block steals. I mean, he wasn't as aggressive shooting the balls. We, we 
we, you and I particularly, were used to seeing when he was here. Um, but he showed some capable two-way flashes, and he was, and he's a two-way player both physically and contractually. Um. <laughs> That's underrated. That's a very underrated <laughs> statement. <laughs> and actually, the offense is a little bit missing, but he's a good like playmaker. Um, when he has the ball in his hands, he just doesn't have the ball in his hands a whole lot. But I thought I'd, I'd have to throw that in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to give you a little bit more background on the situation, Max Struess, um, Nevada or Miami Heat guard, got hurt. He sprained his knee. Um, and he'll be out two to four weeks. And he Miami is essentially running with a nine-man rotation, and so Cody's kind or not Cody Caleb, excuse me, filled in as that ninth man, um, in Struess's spot, and so that's why he's getting. Um, those considerable considerable minutes because in the first two game or in the first five games combined he only got nine ten minutes so he wasn't getting really getting much run except in garbage time and he had I think nine minutes against Milwaukee when Miami beat Milwaukee um, albeit without Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez Bobby Portis they were Nevada or Miami beat them by forty two um, I keep saying Nevada I we're too used to talking about Nevada on here um, <laughs> which is kind of a, the job. <laughs> uh, but Caleb had 12 points um, against Memphis, and the Miami beat Memphis by 26 points. I mean, they it was without Miami's arguably second best player in Bam Adebayo. Very impressive win. Um, Cody or not Cody Caleb um, had 12 points on six of 10 shooting. Didn't hit a didn't hit um, his two three point attempts. Um, he had five rebounds. He had three steals, um, and then he had a nice like block on uh slow-mo anderson and i think it was slow-mo might have been i don't it might have been him or like d'anthony melton or whatever but um he's getting it's, getting it's nice he's getting considerable run and i'm i'm really look i'm really antsy i'm looking forward to it i mean I, I i see some people on social media it's he's it's been pretty polarizing even though he's like the ninth guy in the rotation so it's like really doesn't matter a whole lot anyways um but like there's just like some people were like, oh my God, like Caleb Martin's like giving us like good minutes, like good job, Caleb. Um, providing the energy because he is like been, be- like he does have that energy in him. Oh yeah, both of them. Both and of them all the time. There's also people who are like, wait, why is Caleb Martin like playing on the floor? <laughs> like, <laughs> playing on the floor? It's like, oh, that's kind of mean. Um, but I mean, it's NBA fan, sports right. fan. Like people are going to ask that about players if they don't like them. It is what it is. Hopefully, yeah. it's just happy to see both of them carving out a role and seeing Caleb make the most of his opportunity right now is stress out. Struess. Sorry. Struess. Struessel. It's like juice, but Struess. The, the Struess juice. Toaster Struessel. Stop. Okay. That we're get cutting. Get that out. We're cutting. Yep. Get that out. That. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's seeing Caleb Martin just get that burn. It's always happy to see. And seeing both of them perform well and at least contributing to an NBA roster and an NBA team is awesome. It's Yeah, it's weird kind of seeing the, like, the rules flip because it it's weird watching Caleb. He doesn't have that weird like. I mean, he does a little bit, but like it's not as bad. Remember that weird like hitch the in the hitch shot in the that shot. he had. He doesn't have that as much anymore. It lo- it's a lot more fluid since he's gotten in the league. It's kind of like startling every time I see him shoot. But like it's weird. It, it's he hasn't been like as aggressive with this shot. It's been a little bit more hesitancy. It's, I mean, it also helps that he's playing on a team with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Like he's playing with a lot of guys who can cap who are capable of shooting the ball, so it's not like he's not really looking for a shot most of the time, um, unless if it's in like those garbage time like opportunities when he's like when he has like Gabe Vincent and 
like Omir, you're seven um, on the floor, but like it's still it's still a little bit odd because there's times where like he's caught the ball when he's open. And it's like wait, like in college he's hoisting that up all the time, all the time, <laughs> all the time. Pull um, up. That, catch I guess and that's shoot. just how it is. I guess just how that NBA just the transition yeah. from college to NBA. I mean that's make the smarter play. Yeah, it's make okay. the smarter play. Like. Get your minutes to it, seeing where he is at right now. He's just trying to yeah. carve out a role. I, hey, more more props to him. And he just looks more free than he did in Charlotte. He just looks like he's playing with more, like, he's lax. Like, he was picking Luka Doncic up full court in a couple possessions. It was like, whoa. Like, we're yeah, we, were, we weren't used to seeing this when he was at Nevada. I mean, he's, like, he you know that. I mean, of course, the heat culture, like, people make fun of it all the time. I think there's truth to it, but that's just me being a little bit of a bias, but not really biased Heat fan. Um like he he's sh- he's showing like that energy, he's showing that uh, defensive potential um, that he has, and I think the offense. I say two way. I mean, there's, it's not really two way. It's more of like a one way with energy on and playmaking on the other side. But like he's 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 going to be rounding out. I think his offensive game a little bit, and hopefully he's able to hit some of these threes. He hasn't. He's only hit one this year on four attempts. Yeah, hopefully that's something to look forward to, and hopefully he makes the most of his minutes. Maybe put the ball in the really hole a little more. Ma- yeah, I really hope he. I really hope he gets. Like, he's getting. He's adding to the bench production that Miami are. Miami's already featured. Um, but anyways, that's the Caleb Martin report. We'll be giving you weekly updates yeah. as the long Martin as he's reports. getting like. Love it. The Martin Report. Yeah, the Martin Report. We just want to just call it the Martin Report. Not yeah, the oh, Martin yeah. Report. We're oh, not yeah. the Martin Report. Oh, okay. I was hoping to be a little bit more biased. I'm just kidding. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> um, as evidence, we spent like seven minutes on Caleb Martin. And, like, two on Cody. Two on Cody's been better. But it's okay. Um, hey, man, you know how much I care about yeah. um, Anyways, uh, Isaiah, anything else to add? No, sir. Thank you for listening. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Like and subscribe. Uh, see you guys next week.